Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. You are in for a real treat today. Listen, I want you to lean in on today's episode with Dan Zimbardi. I just love this guy. I love what he's got to say. Super, super helpful. Before we get there, I also want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by our other friends over at Enjoy Stewardship Solutions. I also love these guys. They were founded in 1992 by number one leadership expert, Dr. John C. Maxwell. This organization is helping churches like yours craft customized church capital campaigns to not only fund new facilities, that's what you would normally think, but upfit existing facilities, buy land and pay off debt. Do you have debt? These guys can help you figure out how to get rid of it. More than 4,500 churches like yours have reached out to them and said, hey, can you help us? And they've raised $4.5 billion to fund their God-given vision. If your church is preparing some sort of big project in the next year, two years, three years, make sure the first call is to enjoy Stewardship Solutions team. These guys are amazing. In fact, they've got this really cool tool over at enjoystewardship.com forward slash rich where you can find out how much money you could raise through a capital campaign led by them. That's at enjoystewardship.com forward slash rich. All right, well, let's jump into today's episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Super excited about today's conversation. We've got a return guest from one of those churches that you should be following along with. Super excited to have Dan Zimbardi with us today from a fantastic church, Sandals Church uh, in California. Dan, welcome to the show. Rich, thanks so much for having me, man. I'm so glad to be here. Well, I loved your, you know, the last time you were on the show, super helpful to people. I've had actually a number of comments over the years or ever since the time we had you on just saying, well, I just loved that uh, conversation. So we'll, we'll put a link in that to, in the show notes for folks to go back if they they missed that. But why don't we start with, you know, folks that don't know Sandals, kind of tell us a little bit about Sandals and tell us about your role uh, at the church. Sure. Yeah. Sandals started 22 years ago in the, the living room of Pastor Matt and Tammy Brown's home in uh, Southern California here in Riverside with, uh, with eight people. And over the years, God has done just incredible, incredible things through the church. Uh, today, Sandals is a church of 11 locations throughout mostly Southern California and, uh, and also uh, the middle part, central part of California as well. And uh, we see anywhere from twelve to 15,000 people uh, connecting with us on the weekends uh, at one of our locations or online. And uh, we are super excited, man, about what God has been doing. So we're in a, in a great season, a healthy season. Uh, we've got a great team and uh, we're seeing uh, God do so many incredible things to change lives. Uh, the vision of Sandals Church is all about being real. And so it's about being real with ourselves, God and others. And, uh, you know, our, our mission is to walk alongside people uh, as they become real and, and helping them to to do that. And so uh, last year was an incredible year. Uh, we saw over a thousand people baptized at, at all of our locations. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're pumped, man. We're excited for, for the season of ministry that we're in. Yeah, fantastic. There's a lot we could talk about at Sandals. Uh, you know, it seems like all the time when I, you know, see things coming out of your church, I'm always like, oh, wow, that's, that looks so great. Mm-hmm. looks like some really cool stuff that's going on. But what is it kind of top of mind for you these days when you think about, hey, the kind of what is it that God's using in your midst? How is it that, you know, he seems to be working? What is it kind of uh, these days that you're thinking about? Yeah. So, you know, uh, if you follow the church world, 
as I'm sure you know all of your folks do. The the reports and the stats uh, lately on the church in America are are, are just they're just terrible. Um, and it's not to say that there aren't churches that are doing well and reaching people and and bringing the good news to to, to all parts of the country and obviously around the world. Um, but man, the, the the reports of you know thousands of churches closing every year. You know some some reports say north of six thousand churches are closing. Uh, there's there's a report that came out recently that said eighty percent of churches are plateaued or declining. Um, the stats on millennials is obviously not you know not good. I think the last report I read was fifty nine percent of millennials that grew up in the church have left the church, and so there's a lot of challenges that the church is facing today, and um, and we see that because we connect with a lot of churches, we work uh, with churches, we we serve and support uh, pretty much any church that calls it that says, hey, can you give us a hand? We say yes. Um, we we love to do that. We're honored to do that. Um, but we really have, I think, a, a front row view of, of the challenges that the church, especially in America, is is facing, especially with church clo- closures. And so we um, we started something that's called the, the Rogo Foundation uh, earlier this year. And the Rogo Foundation is, is about two things. It's about people and places. The people side of the foundation trains leaders, especially uh, pastors and worship leaders, uh, the second uh, role or function of the foundation, the places side, is all about merging with churches, remodeling uh, churches, and then replanting them. And um, and so far, we've we've merged with eight churches. Uh, seven of them have been a, a remodel and a replant. One was donated into us uh, to to sell, and then we use the proceeds to plant more uh, churches and train more pastors and worship leaders. And so uh, we launched in January. Uh, we're we're uh, planting uh, three churches so far is the plan for this year. That that could change by the end of the year. And uh, so we're really excited about the Rogo Foundation and what's happening there. Yeah. So this is I'm super excited to talk about this because I think this is one of those topics that I think is critically important for us. I know it seems like every church that I'm talking to that is growing or having any kind of impact, they are thinking about this merger conversation. It is um, it's kind of top of mind. I know there's a lot of leaders that are that are leaning in today because they want to learn from and kind of glean from you. Uh, But why don't we start there? Talk a little bit about kind of your early steps into this whole Mm -hmm. kind of church merger merger situation. What did that look like? Um, how did you find yourself I- involved in this conversation? Yeah. So we, we, we stumbled into it. That's the amazing thing. You know, a church <laughs> reached out to us in, in Southern California and said, Hey, we don't have a pastor. We're struggling. We're maybe four months, six months away from closing our doors. Uh, the core group that has left, I don't know, it's maybe 30 or so people, 20 people. I don't know. Uh, they said they were tired. Uh, they said they love uh, Sandals Church. They're passionate about the vision. They love the message coming from Pastor Matt. And they said, would, would you guys consider merging with us? And um, we were like, I don't know. We were like shocked. And so we started that conversation. Um, we figured out that there's there's really good compatibility there. Uh, very quickly uh, on both sides, they said yes. We said yes. The church voted. Um, it was a very small uh, building. Uh, 7,000 square feet was the total building size. Sanctuary, mm-hmm. hallways, bathrooms, classrooms, all under 7,000 square feet. So we were able to remodel it very quickly and then launch as Sandals Church at this location. And overnight, from the old church to Sandals Church, 
Uh, we went from about 30 people the previous weekend to about 670 the next weekend. Wow. And, wow. Um, and I was there that launch weekend uh, watching those original members with tears coming down their face. Uh, and one of them told me that uh, they're looking out in the parking lot. Parking lot is jam-packed. People are parking out on the street. And they said, mm -hmm. you know, when we bought this property 20, 25 years ago. We built this building. All we could do is pray for a parking problem. And, um, and <laughs> we, we never had enough cars to, to fill yes. up the, the parking lot. But now uh, it's overflowing. And so for me, the light bulb just went off. And for our team, it's like, and, and, and by the way, um, that whole process, the remodel, the new technology, I think we only spent about $150,000. And Ooh, so wow. and over the years, we've seen hundreds come to faith and be baptized at that location. And so, you know, we started thinking like, okay, we can either buy a piece of land, scrape it, draw plans, go through the county or the city, build a building, and we're probably 10 million in, right, to, mm -hmm. to plant a church. Mm -hmm. uh, or we can do what we just did there. And it was clear, like, that was the path forward for us. It was a great use of uh, our resources, but more importantly, like, kingdom resources. Like, everything belongs to the Lord, right? It doesn't belong to Sandals Church or any other church. And so it's just repurposing, repositioning um, these, these church buildings, these assets around the country, which there are tens of hundreds of thousands of them that are most, a lot of them are empty. Um, they're in disrepair. And so we just said, this is the way to go. What a great way to, to grow, mm -hmm. to reach more people, to raise up the next generation of leaders, to send uh, people out on mission. Um, and so that's, that's how it began for us. Yeah, that's amazing. I know at Liquid Church, I had the privilege of being a part of two uh, of these rebirths. And, you know, they both were different stories. The first one went very quickly. The second one was a long story. Um, but what about, you know, when you so now you're multiple in, obviously, that was the first yeah. experience. God mm -hmm. was super gracious. Sounds yeah. like it just went amazing. Uh, that's, that's incredible. What would you say that the thing I want to underline for folks, because it, you blew past it quickly, but I think there's some leaders that wouldn't have the instincts that you had which was when that church called, your initial reaction wasn't to say, like, don't call me. You were like, well, I don't know. Like, yeah. maybe we're open to this. And I think just even the um, having the posture of open hands and like, hey, the Lord may do something here, sure, I think is a critical piece of that puzzle. How, how would you say your mindset as kind of leaders within this, you know, looking to merge, how important has that been uh, as other churches have approached you or vice versa as you've approached other churches? Yeah, I think, you know, for us, uh, everything starts and, and ends with honor. And, mm, very um, good. you know, we take, uh, a, we, we do our best and we ask God to help us with this, but we try to take a real posture of, of humility as we enter into those conversations. Um, we don't, we don't think we're the, we're the big church and we're really good and you're not good or you're bad. You don't know how to do this. We do. Uh, we're not, we think that only fools think that way. We don't want to be fools. Obviously we, we know, what God is doing at Sandals Church is because of what he is doing. And we don't confuse mm. his grace for our works. And mm. so we, for us, the, the merger conversations start with us taking a, a position or posture of humility. And then two, um, our, our mindset and our heart is to honor the people that we are talking with. Um, in one of the merger uh, conversations that we were having a few years ago, I was talking to one of the, the members who had been there for, I think, 50-something years. He, had, he was a pastor there for maybe 20 or 25 of those years. 
Uh, him and his wife wrote the $25,000 check for the sign out front in the 80s. Um, mm-hmm. And he was concerned about that sign coming down. Now, the sign was in terrible condition. It needed to come down. But right. it's so deeply personal. It was his money, him and his wife. His wife had, uh, w- had passed at the time that he and I were talking and meeting. And mm. so, you know, we just walk into this with a great deal of empathy, um, which allows us to really honor people and say, okay, things have to change, right? We, we, can't, we can't let the church continue to look the way it looks. We can't let it uh, continue to operate the way it's been operating. That's why it's in the, the place that it's in. So things have to change. And so we, we walk in with a great deal of empathy and, and do our best to honor people throughout the process because it's a process that takes months. Sometimes it takes a year or even a couple of years uh, mm-hmm. as you're walking with a congregation that's really struggling letting go of how things have mm-hmm. been. And for, for churches that are in that sort of lead position of a merger, um, it's just really important to know, like, God cares deeply about those people. Um, this conversation would not be happening unless uh, there were many faithful people for typically decades or generations that got the church to this point. And so i um, trying to figure out, OK, how can we best respect the members, uh, the staff, um, and so we, we have done that, and I think we have done that so well. That's a part of our uh, organizational culture, Honor Is. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. as a result of really honoring all the, the folks that we have um, merged with, all, all seven uh, eight churches, uh, when, when we're talking to a church nowadays, we actually bring those members in from the church that we're talking to. And we say, hey, go, go sit down uh, behind closed doors with one of the churches that we merged with, some of those original members. Ask them whatever question you want. We're not in the room. It's just, you know, you guys in there. And, um, and every single time, the, the people uh, that were from the churches that we merged with that are now a Sandals Church, they say that um, these guys and, and girls, are they're honoring, they're loving. Whatever they tell you they're going to do, they do it. Um, mm-hmm. And so that has gone such a long way for us to now multiply our efforts. Um, we didn't want to be the church that came in that just sort of, kicked everyone out and had this really arrogant attitude. We don't want that reputation. We don't think God will bless that. And so we've taken, taken the other approach. Yeah, that's amazing. I know my, in my own heart in these conversations, I've always thought, or, or I've come to see through the, the few I've been a part of on our side, I think we have to, our heart position has to be at the point where we're willing to do whatever it takes to help this church, even if it's not merging with us. So we're just yeah. so convinced that like, Lord, we want to help these people. We want to help this church. We want to see a good thing happen here, um, even if that's not merging with us. And then on the other side, there is um, a, a realization there's like a, a death realization that like, Oh, something is going to need to change. There needs to be a, a release that happens. And if those two can take place, man, the Lord can do some pretty amazing things. He can, he can step in. Now, what would you say now there's a ton we could talk about here and my, you know, mine's going in a million directions, but what would you say to the church that's listening in today? That's maybe they're already multi-site. They've launched a couple campuses and, and they, um, you know, either they're thinking about, Hey, there's this church across town or this church across town has called them. What would be a couple landmines that either you stepped on and you don't want them to step on uh, that like, oh, that didn't go well, some potential mistakes or, or things that, that they should really avoid in these early conversations that they could avoid some pain uh, that maybe you experienced through this process? Yeah, that's great. So, so I'd say the, the first thing is you've got to go at the pace of the follow church. 
That would be number mm-hmm. one. And uh, Jim okay. Tomberlin wrote a great book called, Be- I think it's Better Together. It's all about yeah, church mergers. I recommend to all your listeners to go mm-hmm. buy it and, and read it. Um, and I think Jim is part of, I think he's now part of the Unstuck group as well. But So they have great stuff on uh, church mergers also. But um, so the follow church would be the, the, the let's say the, the church that's um, uh, struggling, that's connecting in with a larger church. The larger church would be the lead church. And so I would say the first thing is go at the pace of, of the follow church. So important. You, don't, you, don't, you can't as the lead church, you can't be over anxious. You can't be pushy. You can't be, you get frustrated. Again, the, the word would be for the lead church would be empathy. You, you have to lead with empathy and humility. Um, mm-hmm. understanding that someday you and your church could be in, in that same position. Um, and also that just God cares so deeply about that, that physical building, but also about the, the body of Christ at that location. So, so lead with empathy and go, 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 uh, not necessarily slow, but go at the pace of that follow church. I think that's, that's one huge, huge thing. Uh, the, the second thing is to really, um, spend time building a relationship, uh, with the people that are the body of Christ. You know, that's a key thing for us. The guy that now leads this, uh, these efforts uh, in our organization, um, he does an incredible job to really spend time, get to know people from the, the follow church. Uh, he, re- he genuinely cares about people and loves people. And that's why we put him in this job. And, <laughs> yes. um, but if, if it really feels like a transaction to the follow church, it's, it's either not going to happen or it's going to happen and it's going to feel icky after it's mm, done. Yes. And so, yeah, totally. so one, go at the pace of the follow church Two, focus on uh, relationships. We, a lot of times we talk about relationship over results um, as, as leaders. And so we focus on the, the relationship as another just key aspect. Uh, and then the third is, this is a huge lesson learned for the, for the lead churches is, is count the cost before you say yes. And mm. so, we had one early on that we did that we merged with. We didn't do our, all of our due diligence on the building. We thought it would cost about 350000 It probably cost us about 900000 to do the whole remodel. Okay. And so we didn't, we didn't count the cost. Translation, um, we didn't do all of the uh, inspections. We, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we didn't uh, you know, check the, the, the power. Is there enough power brought to the building? That kind of thing. And um, uh, before we said yes. And so, look, you have to have enough money to, to relaunch and replant the church. Right. So. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I'd say c- count the cost and do your due, d- due diligence as the lead church before you say yes. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. Now, what would you say, um, you know, we've so far, we've kind of put this in the in the context of responding to if a church comes to you, if, a, you know, if a follow church, you know, comes to you, what are what are you learning on the proactive side? Or are you taking steps on the yeah. proactive side to actually begin to engage those conversations? I know, I've had many leaders over the years ask me, like, how do you do that? How do you call up the church across the road and say, hey, would you guys be interested in merging? Uh, obviously, that could be a strange conversation. So what is that looking totally. like for you guys? Yeah, you know, we've thought about this, we've talked about it, we've prayed about it, and where we've landed is, is that uh, it's a matter of our hearts. And what I mean by that is if if our heart is just to get bigger, if our heart is, if if the, if our ambition is really born out of, uh, we want to be the best, you know, uh, any of those things that are not of the Lord, um, this obviously isn't going to work. And so our heart must be ultimately what's good for the kingdom and what's good for the kingdom is good for the church. And I mean that broadly. 
And so, uh, so when we're going in and we're starting, when we're initiating a conversation, which we do often, and we do it through a lot of different ways. I can talk about that if you'd like here in a few minutes, yeah, but that'd be great. When we're initiating conversations. Um, we're letting the, the church know that we are here to help. And we can do that in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, and I'm even, it, I, I'm even encouraging our team to, to even try to use that language that I just used less. Um, we're, we're, not, we're not the saviors. And, and I don't want to necessarily be uh, perceived as, oh, we're, we're, we're the big bad church. We're, we're here to help. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I really want to be uh, perceived as, uh, as, as servant leaders. And so it's, it's a question of, hey, how can we support you? How can we serve you? And and we've done we do that all all the time. I mean, it's it's pretty much every week we're we're working with a church on on something. And and I'd say probably eight or nine out of ten times it's not a church that we're merging with or we, we will ever merge with. Um, and so it starts with a heart. You know, is your heart for the kingdom? Is your heart for the local church? Is your heart for the the, the fifteen people that are still meeting in that church down the road for them um, so that they can become a, a thriving church so that they can you know share the gospel with their neighbors love their neighbors and send people out on on mission and so i think it starts with what is your ambition and you got to check it and if your ambition is not right meaning it's it's just for you and you just want more you know uh, name plates around town it's not going to work and so mm-hmm. i would say start there and and so the reach out the proactive reach out which we get that question a lot too rich from churches mm-hmm. that that are lead mm-hmm. churches um it should be about, hey, you know, what we would love to come alongside you as a church. Um, if, mm-hmm. if you have a need, if there's anything that, that we can do to support you in any way, you know, let us know. We're here. And, hey, can, can we grab coffee? Can we grab lunch? And so our conversations really start that way. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, again, we get this question a lot. You know, how, how do you do it? Uh, to me, that's the way you do it. And it's got to be genuine and it's got to be relational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea of really leading with service. I found the same thing that if if we position our hearts, position our and and more than just even our hearts, but our actually put some skin in the game to say, hey, we're willing to help you and help other churches in whatever way, uh, whatever that looks like. Like maybe you, hey, uh, there was a church um, who was really struggling on the kind of music front, and I, I just we just happened to be talking about that, and so um, you know, I said, hey, would it help? If, you know, we pulled together a small band um, for Easter this year, because they were really kind of, this church leader was lamenting saying, oh, like, I don't even think we're going to be able to have music at Easter this year. And they were, you know, felt really terrible about that. And I said, well, you know, well, we could put together something if it's helpful for you. And, you know, obviously we would, would sing whatever songs work well for you and that. And so then on our end, we were able to do that. And, and our worship guys actually loved that. They, it was a, a different type, a different kind of style. And, and we tried to learn from them. Well, that actually ended up being one of the churches that ended up merging with us. And I, I don't think if we hadn't been kind of listening for how we could help church leaders, we would have ended up in that, uh, that conversation. Yeah, um, so I, yeah. I love that. I love that. That's really That's cool. That's great. Yeah. And we, and we, you know, we've sent, uh, guys up to repair roofs of churches that we're supporting oh, nice. around yeah, town. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Sh- worship leaders, uh, equipment, hardware. Um, I just, it's, I, I can't, there's so many different ways that, that we have, and we'll continue to, to support and, and love and serve the, the local church. And so, I think to us, again, it's, it's about honor. And so we, we want to honor uh, all the churches in town. We want to honor uh, the, the um, churches all over the country. And, mm-hmm. and, a, and a great way to do that is, is to serve, serve others well. And, yeah, and, and cool. just back to the relationship piece, uh, Rich, like where do you start if you want to be proactive as a lead church? 
you know, so, so many churches are really struggling and, and many of them that are, uh, you know, dying off. Just remember this, that that senior pastor often feels rejected. They feel alone. Um, they feel hurt uh, and they don't know where to turn. And the best way to serve them initially, that, that particular church pastor just described, is to just meet with them, encourage them, love them, and be their friend. Be their friend. That's good. And, um, and, if no, and if a merger doesn't happen, a merger doesn't happen. That's okay. But, man, you, you are honoring them. And, and ultimately, our, our big idea is that we believe God blesses houses of honor. And so when that, that, if that lead church is honoring to other people, other churches, other pastors— we believe God puts his hand down and blesses that church. Very cool. Well, part of the reason why I like you as a leader and Sandals generally is I know you're really proactively uh, kind of positioning your life to help other churches. I know specifically in this whole merger conversation, you're kind of opening up some resources, making yourself available to help uh, or Rogo's making itself available to help other churches. What does that look like if there's a church listening in and they're saying, yeah, like we're kind of thinking about this stuff too. Uh, you know, how could you help? Yeah, so I think there's a couple different ways. You know, one is if you're um, uh, a small church and you you know do some homework on Sandals Church, and 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 you're when I say a small church, I mean a church that's been having a difficult time in a difficult season, um, and, and maybe you've plateaued or, or declining. Maybe the finances are getting tough, um, and you think Sandals could could be a potential fit. You know, reach out to us, and we'd love to have that conversation. You know, maybe maybe we're a good fit together. Um, the second is it's sort of that same church, but Sandals isn't necessarily the right fit, or there's other churches in your town that you think are a better mm-hmm. fit. Um, but you want to know how how to best do that as a follow church. Reach out to us, and we'll, we want to support you just as well. And, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll do our best to help you connect uh, successfully with another uh, lead church, perhaps in your in your town. And then finally, for for uh, other lead churches, larger churches around the country that haven't done this. There's actually quite a few that have done it and it hasn't worked mm-hmm. out well. So mm-hmm. those churches are a little gun shy. Um, but you want to, you know, learn how to do this successfully. Uh, man, we would love to spend time uh, and connect with larger churches that have the resources, that have the vision, the leadership, the depth of mm-hmm. personnel and staff. Uh, we'd love to connect with them as well. So yeah, just reach out to us. We'd love to help in any way that we can. Very cool. We'll put some links in the show notes so people can do that. I know the other side of the the Rogo Foundation really is about training and developing leaders. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? What does that look like? How are you kind of putting uh, that into plan, into action? Yeah, well, and and for me personally, this this is probably my my greatest passion. Um, And and I think it's the biggest gap in the church, in in America especially. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think right now our brightest young leaders. So you take our, our, our high schoolers, our college age, you know, those young people that are wired by God to lead. I think many of them are not choosing vocational ministry. They're not choosing the pastorate. They're going on to do other things. And, um, and it is absolutely true that God uh, uses and wants uh, us to be all throughout the marketplace, higher education, as well as ministry. But and, and so we've we've had that conversation as the broad church for years. Like, hey, not everyone can come work at ministry in ministry vocationally. I get that. I still agree with that. But I actually want to flip the conversation and say, hey, if God has wired you to lead and lead, like, because not everyone has the gift of leadership. You know, some mm-hmm. of us have a gift to lead, some a gift to to sing and worship and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But to to our young leaders that God has made you to lead, 
I want you to really consider the local church and vocational ministry. For some of you, that means seminary. For some of that means an internship at your local church. Mm-hmm. And so, um, because I think this is the biggest gap. If you look at all the problems that the church is dealing with, all the stats that I, that I mentioned earlier, um, I think it boils down to we're struggling with strong leadership in the church. That's the root cause in my view. And so, um, so for me, the call to this generation is we, we, we want to raise you up as, as leaders, as God has made you. And then we want you to take over the church. We want you to lead the church into the future. And so for us, we, we've created a couple different uh, training and development platforms. One is for people inside our congregation that don't have vocational ministry experience. We train them uh, about our culture. We train them how to do ministry. Uh, it's, it's very hands-on. 70% of that uh, training program is called Rogo School uh, for our congregation. It's, it's 70% of that work is hands-on. Um, 20% is with, in a classroom. 10% of their time uh, is with a mentor and a coach. But then we've also created what we call the Rogo Residency. And that is for uh, people that are pastors today, and they've been pastors for a while, uh, as well as worship leaders. Those two key roles, um, if you're a, uh, you know, a trained and effective worship leader and pastor, and you think you know, God's calling you from wherever you are into a new season, uh, and you think Sandals Church could be a fit, um, reach out to us. So we have a program called the Residency Program. They're, they're paid jobs. So basically, we're, we're going to pay you. Uh, give you full-time benefits to uh, to train, uh, to learn Sandals culture, and to learn how we do ministry. We're anticipating that you know how to be a great worship leader and, and a great pastor. So we're not training so much on that, but it's really about learning our culture and uh, learning how we do ministry. And after anywhere from like six to nine, maybe 12 months in the residency program, we roll you out and you take over one of our, our new campuses or an existing campus if there's been some kind of attrition. That's fantastic. I love that. And I know, um, again, the thing I love about this is a lot of churches talk about, I heard the statistic recently that it's like high 80s, 87%, somewhere in there of church leaders would say leadership development is critically important to the growth and health of their church. But those same leaders, when asked what is their written plan for developing leaders, only one in four would say they have a written plan to develop leaders. And so the thing I love about what you're doing is you're saying, hey, not only is this important, but like, here's the vehicles within which we do it with, which is uh, amazing. So again, I would encourage you if you're listening in, uh, you may be the residency may be great for you. But even if you're looking for kind of a model of like, hey, how should we be doing this? A uh, Rogo and what's happening at uh, Sandals could be a great example uh, for you. So I'd encourage you people to to lean in and to learn more about that. Is there anything else you'd love to share or think about or have us kind of wrestle with uh, before we wrap up today's episode, Dan? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the big thing, this is, I'm going to take a departure here and this is just for me to share this and leave this. And I'm certainly not the only one thinking about it, but you know, the digital shift is, 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 is happened and we're on actually not on the other side of it, right? We're not in the middle of the shift, but the digital shift has happened. Uh, one of the words that I think I've heard from others that I think is a great word to describe how the church needs to be thinking about ministry and reaching people with the gospel is, is omni-channel, that, that phrase mm-hmm. omni-channel. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think every church has to be thinking about how do I reach people? How do I connect with people? How do I engage with people all over the world through all the channels? Not, mm-hmm. you know, not just the single channel. 50 years ago, there was really one channel. You know, it was the church building 
Uh, people come to the building. We preach, we teach, we disciple, we send them out. There's one channel 50 years ago, but now there's yep. I don't know, hundreds of channels and, and right. many of them are digital. And yep. so without, you know, that's probably another show uh, sometime if, if, you know, if you'd like to You're talk about that. You're setting up your next episode. <laughs> that's what's happening here, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. But, but I think that's incredibly important. Oh, um, absolutely. Is, and so, and I, you know, we're working hard. We're investing a ton in terms of people and money. And, um, you know, a few churches I think are doing this well, but we need every church. Every church around the country, around the world has got to be thinking about multiple channels to engage with people, to share the gospel. Um, and uh, and we, we think that's the way forward in, in this next generation. Nice. Fantastic. Well, you can see, friends, why uh, Dan's one of those guys when he says he wants to come on the show, I let him come on. So, Dan, I've really appreciated you uh, being here today. Uh, If people want to get in touch with you, with Rogo, with Sandals Church, give us some addresses, some places we should point them towards. Yeah, I mean, on the the web, sandalschurch.com, rogofoundation.com for all the residency, for our leadership school, for our church mergers, go to rogofoundation.com. Uh, follow along with us on, uh, on on the social channels, especially uh, our Instagram channel for the Rogo Killer. Foundation is a great one. And we're actually providing resources through uh, through Instagram. So go to Rogo Foundation on Instagram. Uh, check us out there. And then if there's anything I can do, again, I love the local church to, to support and serve what God is doing around the country, even around the world. Shoot me a note. Uh, I'm at Dan Z, D-A-N-Z at SandalsChurch.com. Dan, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rich. Take care, man. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>